From Rocketium, this is Spilling the Magic Beans. In today's episode, our VP of Business here at Rocketium, Karan Rao, spoke to Sally Ann Lopez, who's a Senior Director at CMO Council. And in today's episode, Sally spills the beans on what makes high-performing content. And more specifically, she spoke of the types of content, graphics, and creatives that perform well in advertising. She also spoke of every factor that you need to consider while building your creatives to make sure they stand out. And finally, she touched on the processes that you need to put in place to be able to reuse and refresh as much content from your repository as possible. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Sally Ann Lopez. Hi, Sally. Welcome to Spilling the Magic Beans. Thank you so much for uh, being here. It's, it's lovely to have you. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. All right. And uh, I know, Sally, we've, we've spoken a bit, but for our listeners, if you wanted to share what you do, what your role is at the CMO Council, that would be a great start. Yeah. So hi, I'm Sally Lopez. I head up all marketing operations and thought leadership programs at the CMO Council. I also am the main liaison for our seven regional advisory boards. So I am quite busy all the time talking to a lot of different folks, a lot of different leaders and, and thought leaders in the marketing community. The CMO Council is a peer-powered network, marketing executives and decision makers. And we produce a lot of research on marketing best practices, new tips and tricks, um, challenges that marketers are facing today and how to overcome them and where marketers need to be focusing their attention. So that's me. That's the CMO Council. And hopefully I can provide a little bit of value on today's podcast. Very cool. I think in some sense, we are going to get a combination of all the insights from some of the top CMOs through you. So I really look forward to hearing those, right? So maybe let's get right into it. Digital advertising, right? There have been a lot of shifts, especially given COVID times, a lot of organizations moving a lot of their spends to digital as they are trying mm-hmm. to acquire uh, more users online. Let's say at a high level on the digital side, as it relates to the US market, what are some of the trends that you are, you are seeing? What are some of the recent happenings as it relates to digital advertising in the US? Yeah, well, you're absolutely right that there has been a massive shift to digital, and I don't think that that is going anywhere. Even as restrictions lift, organizations have seen the benefits of digital. And while we may see somewhat of a shift back into some more kind of in-display and real-life display as we move back into also going back into real-life events, we will continue to see the importance of digital and the importance of the real-time ability to meet your customers and their channel of choice. At the CMO Council, we've also done some consumer studies and consumer research that now those channels and those preference channels for consumers have shifted and they have shifted drastically. There are certain channels that are on the upswing like video that need to be taken into consideration today that weren't as significant a couple of years ago. But to be able to stand out in the digital world, you need to find those avenues and those ways to communicate in a very quick time frame because consumers have less attention span than a goldfish, right? We all know this. So how do you actually communicate your vision or your product or what have you very quickly in a way in the customer's channel of choice and in a way that's going to draw them in? 
got it and and this is interesting you, you mentioned video maybe we can double click on that what do you mean by video what parts of the customer journey do you see uh, being influenced by video yeah well i think that video and you know we can talk about long form video like webinars but certainly in the world of advertising video and short video display ads have become increasingly important. We started using them as marketers a few years ago and customers weren't reacting as well to them as we had originally wanted. And oftentimes also the analytics you were getting back were kind of telling a convoluted story because people were just silencing them. But yeah. the, the analytics are telling you that, oh no, they've completed and, and watched that video. Um, but as kind of the digital space has become very saturated. Video has become a really nice way for folks to get a brief introduction to your brand or your product and understand it quickly. Using those videos on LinkedIn, even to advertise your long form webinar, for example, to use a short snippet has become a really powerful tool to stand out because at this point, I would say just having a compelling digital display ad isn't really enough. And so that that's definitely increasing in insignificance. And are you also hearing that the channels, like you mentioned LinkedIn, but you can think of Instagram, Facebook, uh, are they also pushing more of video content because that's where they're seeing consumer behavior moving? Absolutely. And you can certainly see it, I'm sure, even in your own Instagram channel, you know, reels have become increasingly used and it's and people want that information. They want it quickly. They want it in an easily consumable format. They no longer want to go watch a five minute video on YouTube. Um, perhaps there's a place for that. And certainly if they want to get more information or learn more, they're going to take that as their next step, but it's no longer the first step. That first step is really trying to understand and gather as much information in as short a period of time. And people don't want to read anymore. Yeah. So, so it's either, you know, use a really compelling visual with very short snippy text that's going to yeah. grab attention and grab it quickly or a short video that's going to do this, have the same effect. Got it. Okay, fair enough. So what I'm hearing you say is that in general, uh, at least what you're hearing from marketers is display in general between static and video and maybe more so video because that's where consumer behavior is moving towards. That's gaining more traction. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Okay. Any specific trends you're seeing, the kinds of videos, the kind of display ads that today marketers want to make? Uh, is there any specific areas that they're investing in? Yeah. I mean, I think that people are realizing sometimes less is more. They're going with brighter colors. They're going with more impactful visuals. They're going with colors and visuals that are going to stand out against the crowd. In the videos, same thing. They're using different production techniques to kind of have that little edge. Just on a personal note, you know, I, I, I'm big into gardening, right? Um, there's a lot of Instagram gardeners out there, but who are the ones that are putting together that reel that gives you that tip in as fun and a dynamic a way as possible? Because there's a lot of others that are doing the same thing, right? right? Apply that to your business. It's the same right. idea. So how are you kind of finding those little tweaks and adjustments to stand out and differentiate yourself? Got it. So if you think about social and display, it definitely are, you know, videos and statics that you need for these sort of display campaigns. You can almost imagine much, much more work going into making these creators, right? Because that's a lot of effort, right? So how are marketers 
you know trying to address this is this being done by internal teams are they leaning on agencies to do this how's that working out yeah it's like the age old saying i'd write a shorter letter if i had more time right um <laughs> to be able to do less you need more right yeah. and i think you're absolutely right take a step back and you have to think about the team and who is comprised of the team and are you um working with an external agency are you bringing some of those capabilities in house that's an increasing trend that we're seeing okay companies that are putting bringing at least some capabilities in house and then maybe they're still outsourcing certain pieces but who are those stakeholders that you need to coordinate with and that's going to be different depending on your context right but you definitely yeah. need you know copywriter designer right maybe you need a web developer maybe a videographer right who are those people that you're bringing to the table and how are you streamlining that process right and and of course as marketers we tend to dominate the conversation but bringing in those other stakeholders and understanding what's the most efficient process for you what's the yeah. best way to for us to collaborate and provide feedback right um how can you find that seamless collaboration across the different teams so that everybody is bringing their best foot to the table everybody feels that they have a voice and they're all kind of collaborating seamlessly for an end product and that is really critical that teamwork and that cross functional alignment is massive i think also in just talking about efficiency um marketers and we've done some research on this that marketers tend to use a content product or a digital asset once and then they kind of retire it and they move on to the next thing right so are you actually taking steps to look at your content inventory and think about all the digital assets that you've created all the copy that you've created for social for email what have you what can you reuse repurpose spin off that's interesting um when you think about your ads and your you know what channels are important to you going back to the channels right what is going to be optimized for that channel now you can't just take a shotgun approach and say well i want to be everywhere in all places optimized for all things right? right where are your customers what channels are they using and how do you optimize for those channels but maybe use the same base and then switch it up depending on works better in those given channels got it and this uh, one point that you made i'll just come back to the teams who are actually contributing to this effort of making these creators right Uh, so at least in my experience there are two sets of folks i've worked with one is who think agencies are in a way experts and they're okay to outsource those activities to agencies because they know best the other set of folks uh, like you mentioned there's a trend of insourcing trying to bring these teams in house because that then probably gives you the agility to better uh, work with a more dynamic digital environment right so in that sense how how are you seeing within the marketers of uh, of cmo council or, or the network that you speak to um, how are you seeing these creators being developed yeah it's definitely a difficult conversation because it's it's balancing the efficiency and the effectiveness as you just said right yeah. um who are the masters at what this is and then who can kind of already knows how to work together seamlessly. Now, even if you work in the same company that doesn't mean they work together seamlessly, right? Um we see all the time that there's silos in even the best Absolutely. of companies, right? And cross-functional collaboration continues to be a challenge for folks. But it's definitely a challenge and I think that marketers are struggling also with the idea of like, well, we know our brand best, but at the same time do they have the capabilities to express that brand vision? 
in as effective a way as an agency does. Um, so I think that while there is certainly a trend of bringing a lot of these capabilities in house, you also need to think about, do you even have the budget for that? Because that's that's Absolutely. adding a significant level of capabilities to your team. And it really just depends on what is your core mission of your company and where do you wanna focus your resources? Because if that's really critical to you and you really want to say, hey, we want total control over our creative and, and our assets and our copy, well, then you need to invest there, right? Versus if you have maybe other spent priorities, then it, it wouldn't make sense to pull all of those resources into that area. So I think company by company, you're just going to have to make that decision for yourself where you want to optimize your spend. But ultimately, you need to think about at least having some kind of balanced approach where even if you're working with an outside agency, who are those internal stakeholders? How are you communicating? The good news is that in the digital world, that collaboration has become so much easier. Jumping onto a Zoom happens all the time, both with your internal stakeholders and with external stakeholders. Right. There's more tools out there to, to use to collaborate. So as long as you're collaborating effectively and often, that's the most important piece. Okay, fair point. As it relates to another point you mentioned about you know choosing the channel, right? Because where your customers are is uh, important. One of the things that we've learned is creators need to be channel specific because it's not only just about the format, but it's also about the context the user is in when they are yeah. on that channel, right? Because hypothetically, I'm on, I'm on an Amazon, I'm looking to buy something. If I'm on Facebook, I'm looking at my friend's social feed, right? Uh, if I'm on uh, an Instagram, maybe I'm there for some social interaction. So it's the context yeah. that the user uh, is in at that point of time, and you want to just seamlessly have your information added there, right? So Anything that you're hearing on channels of preference or there are upcoming channels that uh, folks are spending on, I'm, I'm hearing TikTok is getting more and more popular, especially with some of the B2C and D2C brands. So any thoughts on, you know, channel specific strategies here? Yeah, again, I think it does, it does depend. And a lot of it is, is also regionally contextual. There are certain apps that are used in more regions versus others. Um, chat commerce has become a big topic of conversation within Europe, Latin America, APAC, not as much oh, in the United States. So I think regionally that that's very contextual. And also your demographics are going to be very contextual in, in where you need to focus in terms of your channels. But I would say the most important thing is to just kind of take a step back and say, okay, who who is my audience? Um, what is their behavior? Are you tracking their behavior? Are you taking basic steps like setting up Google Analytics, right? And seeing where your traffic is coming from to your website, you know, and, and maybe you have budget to have more advanced tools and tracking capabilities, right? But again, every context is different. But, but are you actually analyzing that and thinking about that and thinking about who your customer is, what channels they're using. And again, that's going to be, that's going to vary drastically. Yes. There's certain trends. I talked about the fact that, you know, in, in consumer study, we did, we did, we happened to do a consumer study in 2019 on channels of choice. And then we decided to replicate that study in 2020, right? Because a lot had changed, but across the board, I mean, we saw that people are no longer using the telephone for customer service that went from number one to like number four, right? They now are using chatbots, which was like at the bottom of the list in 2019. And suddenly they're like, oh my God, that's, that's pretty that's cool, right? So there's definitely been a shift of, of customers, not just saying like, well, I have to 
deal with digital, but actually this is a good way of doing business and researching the brands that I want to do business with. There's a lot of information out there that I can gather and kind of self-serve as a consumer right. before I have to interface with a salesperson, right? right. Um, which is really powerful and it's empowering for the consumer. And so think about where are they? And then to your point, how do I optimize my campaigns? How can I maybe leverage a single content piece, but shift pieces of it, right. aspects of it? Maybe it's different language, right? But if you take that core asset and then maybe in some area you have a text overlay, in others, you're able to use kind of a text box call out and have a little bit more of a dynamic yeah. conversation. And, and how can you kind of use that and optimize across the channels that are most relevant to you? Fair, fair points. And you bring up an interesting point, which is a good segue into the next part of our conversation, analytics, right? One is the basic analytics to know, you know, where, where your users are coming from. And then as you are kind of embarking on this journey of driving more visual campaigns. Now there's a new bunch mm. of analytics you need to do to see really what types of creators are working, what is resonating with your audience and that multiplied by the channels you're, you're going on, right? So in terms mm -hmm. of analytics, what are marketers doing? Do they have in-house teams doing it? Are they leveraging technology? What does that landscape look like? I think that you, to be competitive today, you have to use leverage technology and and if you're not already doing it you've got to invest in it yeah. um, because ultimately there is just not we need to be doing real-time analytics right that's where marketing needs to get um, because in order to optimize your campaigns you need to be able to actually make in-flight campaign adjustments yeah. right yeah. um you and and to do that you need to to analyze you know what's happening um, a month later, after a campaign has launched, gone through its cycle, that doesn't help anybody. You've already lost. And so you do, I do think that tools are the way of the future. I think that anything having to do with real time and you just multiply that out, not only real time, but real time across a multitude and plethora of channels different time zones, right? Yeah, um, yeah. There's there's just a lot. So I, absolutely tools are critical. I think then you need to understand your KPIs, right? You need to look at what you're spending on your creatives, what that actual reach is of your creatives. And then of course, engagement and conversion. So, and, and what does that look like? Because the customer journey is not that simple and straightforward anymore, yeah. right? We have, we have a very convoluted customer journey. So it's not just, okay, I clicked this ad and now I purchased this thing. But are you able to analyze the different various steps that they took? And, and maybe it wasn't a one-two conversion, but they still ultimately got there, right. right? And then, of course, you need to look at you know the revenue that you get back from these actions and these activities. Yeah. So I think looking at your core KPIs actually understanding, you know, at the end of the day, we're trying to drive profit, right? Yes. And so no matter how unique you feel your campaign is, if it's not actually driving folks down your funnel, then you're in trouble. But you have to be able to look at that and then look at those, as you said, across the different channels yeah. that are important to you, because there's going to be different metrics and different channels that you're going to want to focus on, right? Very basically, you know, if you look at social versus email, those are completely different metrics in terms Absolutely. of, you know, open rates, click-through rates versus. So we, we need to kind of look at that as a holistic picture. Um, but again, to be able to do these things effectively, we need to move towards real time. And, you know, I'm hammering a dead horse, but to get to real time, you need 
yeah. you need the right tools. <laughs> and yeah, because uh, because uh, one of the customers we were talking to, uh, and they made a very pertinent point in today's. Uh, day and age, you have a lot of peak events. So you have your sales, you have your, you know, certain times of the month where you're pushing the buyer to purchase, especially as it relates to the, the B2C uh, world, right? And that's where if if my sale is done and I'm doing analytics post that, I've lost the opportunity or I'm leaving uh, money on the table uh, when that Absolutely. sale is going on, right? To optimize my yeah. campaign. So definitely at those points of time, you know, just having those real-time insights, okay, this is working, this is not working. Maybe I'm trying something, yeah. And uh, I'm experimenting to see what works, right? So now in your understanding, having spoken to uh, so many marketers, right? Like how have they been looking at analytics, especially as it relates to social and display? Because you did mention, you know, technology is needed, but uh, are there, uh, are you hearing of platforms available? Is this a pain point for a marketer saying that, hey, we need stuff, we don't have it. How are you seeing that landscape today? It's a pain point. <laughs> All right, music to my ears. <laughs> no, I think honestly, analytics overall is a pain point for marketers today. They have a lot of technology, but that technology is not necessarily speaking to each other. They have a lot of data, but that data is not cohesive and it's not giving them oftentimes the data itself is siloed. We talked earlier about kind of cross-functional silos that also trickles into the data world, right? If you're able to gather data from your customer service reps, your sales folks, your comms leaders, your marketers, you have a more cohesive picture of that customer, right? right? We need to think about all of the customer facing touch points and where we might interact. I'm gonna give you a personal example. A week ago, I was on a gardening website and I had a wonderful customer service experience um, in just asking some questions and, and some feedback. And I wrote, I actually wrote to the company afterwards and I said, I am absolutely going to be purchasing from your company because of this positive customer service experience that I received. And so it's, I didn't go there. I might have gone there originally because of advertisements, but what led me to actually purchase was the customer service that I received. So if you're winning in your advertising, but you're neglecting other areas of your organization and those customer facing touch points, you're still going to lose. And so I think overall, we need to think about analytics within each portion, but then we need to string all of those analytics together and make sure that we're offering a really cohesive customer experience. And we're actually delivering on that promise that our advertising is, is putting out there, right? Yeah, because you can have all the data in, in the world, but if you're not kind of bringing insights from that data, that data becomes useless, right? So uh, absolutely. Fair point. All right. So maybe towards the end, if we can just take a step back, just zoom out. And if we think about what are some other, you know, large challenges that uh, marketers in your network are facing, what are the top, let's say, if you had to say, what are the top three challenges today for marketers in the US? uh, how, How would you kind of position that? Yeah. Under digital transformation, Number one, just overall, how do they actually, even though digital transformation has been a huge topic of conversation for, I don't know, 10 plus years, um, what what we found in the COVID pandemic is that most companies were not actually prepared to move to a, a digital dominant environment. And so they've actually found themselves really spinning to, you know, invest in the right technology, invest in the right capabilities, and actually enhance their entire digital, their capabilities around digital. So that's number one for sure. Number two, I would say, is 
measures and metrics. We talked about the fact that the customer journey has become very convoluted. And so being able to actually gather a picture that is able to give you kind of those real-time insights and ability to anticipate customer needs and really meet the customer where they are, it's, it's a huge challenge. And then I would say, you know, number three is really just kind of doing more with less. Marketers are expected to do a whole lot. And, and it feels yeah. like every day we're getting kind of more tasks put on our shoulders, right? Um, and so, and yet in many cases, in, in some cases, budgets are increasing, but in many cases, they're getting restricted. And so how do you kind of drive customer experience, personalization, optimized advertising, right? All of these different things with a tight budget, right? And so that's where we kind of step back and say, okay, think about optimizing, think about what's important to you, think about what your overall goals are and where you need to focus your spend. But at the end of the day, do it in a way that you're creating a cohesive customer experience and you're being able to kind of leverage and find your own voice and authenticity. And that authenticity will shine through as people engage more with your brand, right? So right. if you're really authentic in your tone, um, people like that, you know, they really like mm -hmm. that nowadays. They're looking for authenticity, just kind of stepping up and making a statement that has no relevancy to your brand, doesn't do anything for you, right? But actually going out there and speaking about things that are relevant and advancing thought leadership in and around some of these topics is, is really critical whether you're in B2B or B2C, right? Consumers want to be informed and to be able to kind of think about your creative and think about your digital and think about all of your advertisements in through that lens of kind of the self-serving consumer, right. um, then you're going to have a lot more power behind what you're doing. Oh, very cool. I've, I've made some interesting notes here. So Thank you so much, Sally, for taking the time today. I know that, you know, we, we covered a range of topics, but just the understanding that you have, given the number of conversations that you had with uh, the various marketers, that's, it's just amazing. And uh, thank you so much for all the insights that you've shared. I hope we get to speak to you more often uh, as we kind of understand more about the evolving marketing landscape, especially in the US. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. It was a blast. I really enjoyed chatting with you, Kron. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Spilling the Magic Beans. Week after week, we take you through case studies of the most successful marketing campaigns on the planet and give you tangible frameworks as well as anecdotal experiences that act as valuable lessons. If you enjoyed this episode and want more exclusive behind the scenes looks into the top marketing teams in the world, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform.